Hi guys, this is Traptej Bhatia. I'm the co-founder at Falcon. एक मिनट रुक जाओ, ready होने दो। चलो, ये कर लेते हैं। This could be a great intro. Hi, I'm Akshay. Hi, this is Saurabh, and you are listening to the Founder Thesis podcast. We meet some of the most celebrated startup founders in the country, and we want to learn how to build a unicorn. few who came of age in the 90s and early 2000s would recall drinking beer meant choosing between a regular strength beer or an extra strong beer and that was it there was no such thing as choosing a beer for its taste and flavor but the craft beer revolution changed that and made beer more of a lifestyle choice all of you beer fans will love this episode of the founder thesis podcast in which akshay dat talks to praptej singh bhatia the founder of simba which is among india's leading craft beer brands we go deep into the business of making and selling beer in india and learn how praptej scaled up india's coolest craft beer brand with no external funding listen on and remember to get yourself a cold glass of beer first my family was in alcohol distribution and that's where it became natural for me to have the beer because when i was in england and i saw a whole barrage of new beers that were coming there brewdog being my go to option so i realized that when i came back to india for a holiday there were barely any options here so it was a good opportunity for me so started so you went for which course to uk like what was the plan to i went for economics and finance you were in the uk when you fell in love with craft beer over there and then you came to india for a break and you saw that there's no good craft beer here so what did you do next then did you start while you were graduating did you start working on it or did you come back and tell me that journey you were probably like 20 21 that time yeah so basically when i was there for my first year break in india i was just asking around and got a sense of how long it would take for us to get a brewery set up so the first thing that the first challenge everybody told me is to get a license and it's going to be very difficult to get a license and it takes a long time and i obviously did not want to spend my 20s in the bureaucracy so while i was in england while i was in england i applied for the brewery license and i said ki theek hai mil jayega to dekhenge so just had one two percent here locally that would go around and make sure things are happening and that's it and uh, surprisingly and coincidentally the day i graduated a month after that we had the license so it took me that like two years but it's actually good for me and then while we were scouting for the license we were also looking for land and in fact that's when i realized how difficult it was to in india to set up something because we had to buy three pieces of land the first piece of land that we bought the locals the villagers were very against we don't want a liquor factory near us and things like that obviously they didn't understand how green and how good a brewery would be for the local community but why is a brewery good for local community the employment beer uses a lot of rice in its production most of the farmers that were there were in the harvesting of rice and you know we could give them those opportunities they will get a better price so it's not necessarily a fully automated plant they'll get a lot of jobs and one one more question i have here this this license to open a brewery is this like a state thing or a central thing no no it's a state thing that's why it takes that long okay okay so, so like if you get a license from delhi then you can set up a brewery only in delhi exactly exactly okay and which state did you get Chhattisgarh because that's where I'm from and so we got the license here while we got the license here we went to the first village they had a lot of problems and they started revolting then we went to a second we actually did not want to build the brewery in an industrial park primarily because there were a lot of steel plants around 
and they're not known to be very green in that sense. Spoil the taste of the like. The, not necessarily because you would have to invest that kind of money in order to but ideally you don't want to have steel plants around when you're building a brewery because it's all product and all of that but that's when we went then we bought the second piece of land and then we went, went and bought a third piece of land but eventually we did not get it so then like we we did not get the locals to agree so eventually we bought a piece in an industrial area thank god it was a food park most of the outlets nearby were all no. food units so they so we made our peace with that and then we set up the brewery there. So this all happened while I was in England. The moment I graduated, we then went in and wanted to set up a brewery. I had already gotten consultants that had helped set up another set of breweries in India. People who were ex-UB, the largest at the time. We got a lot of help there. And uh, since my family was already in the distribution business, so we did not have that much, that many issues in terms of understanding of the business or getting the people to know who we are and we are not somebody absolutely new trying to get into the industry. So we could get our hands on a lot of good people, luckily. And while we were building the brewery, we got a lot of interest from the likes of UB and SAB Miller that used to produce Haywards, Miller, Fosters at the time. So they were both very keen on doing contract manufacturing. And it seemed prudent for me to not put such a huge brewery or my own brand because we were just starting out. So these guys were in, they wanted to take up almost 70% of the capacity, which was great because we were building a larger facility and we wanted to make sure that we can understand how to go to scale, how we can understand, get operational excellence from these guys which is what we exactly did. So we actually did contract manufacturing for two years. We did only contract manufacturing and learned the trade from uh, SAP Miller, how the brewery is run. Because while we were very keen on building a brand and everything, when you're making a manufacturing facility, it's a lot of other things, operational excellence, and you're working in a competitive market. So you have to be very competitive. So we learned the tricks of the trade in terms of how do you go about uh, building a product range and things like that. But I think the one thing that we did not take from them whatsoever was how they brewed their beer or basically the recipe that they used or the kind of cutting corners or things like that. Because we wanted a brand, we wanted to build a product line that was synonymous with our age. And we wanted to give the consumers a taste that they've never tasted before. You wanted to do craft beer, which obviously... SAB Miller is not craft beer, so... So we did that and uh, luckily for us, we managed to get a couple of good... Because uh, the brewery was running fine and I had that much time then to focus on the product that we want to build. And uh, I went to Germany quite a few times or went to other parts of the world to see what kind of products we can build. Went to a lot of conferences and understood. And that's when we realized that a good two beers that we wanted. We shortlisted a wit and a stout, both of which were not really popular in India at the time. But we felt they would be the ones that most stand out and help us build our brand more than building the business. So we wanted to be positioned as something new, something different. And I think that that's again, if you look at the branding that we've done, everything just speaks of that. So that's when we, we really got lucky there because we were one of the first ones to come out with a craft beer. And obviously, definitely not the first. Uh, there were a lot of people that were trying their hand, but we did it in our own way. And we got lucky. We're, I think, the second largest new age brand in the country today and the only bootstrapped one that has survived and thrived. I want to understand the technical part of making craft beer and how it is different from making a regular beer, like a Kingfisher versus a craft beer. How is the process different? Is it the ingredient? Is it the way in which it is done? What's the difference? Everything is different about it in the sense that the brewery itself can handle 
because we had made the brewery in a way that it could produce different beers, right? So a lager would be very efficiently run. It's the most efficient start style of beer. That's why it's the most popular because it's the most efficient. That's the one that's been most... Cheapest to make. Cheapest to make, most competitive, and therefore the largest set of consumers got uh, accustomed to it. And why, why is the, the, that? Tell me from a te- technical perspective. Like, like, I want more details. Like, why is lager so efficient? Huh? See, uh, one of the key uh, metrics that you look at a beer is the gravity of the beer. Gravity is basically how much sugar are you getting for the raw materials that you put in. So we basically the rice, barley, malt, whatever you put in, we actually boil that up to a level that it breaks down and we take out sugar from it. And that sugar is then fermented later on, which comes out to become a beer. Now there are different styles of beers and different styles of beers requires different kinds of hops to be used, different kinds of yeast to be used. And the yeast that you can use for a lager is the most efficient because it gives you the most alcohol with the least sugars in built per se. And that's one metric. That's So lo- low sugar is good, you're saying? No, no, not necessarily low sugar. It's the idea is that the lowest amount of raw material needed to get there. Got it. Like, like, like one unit of input will give you five units of output if you're doing lager because it's... Versus four, maybe in other cases, for example. Efficiency was the name of the game for the longest time, globally. And that's why you see any brand that is done excellently in globally, be it Carlsberg, Miller, Heineken, you name it. They've all been lagers. They've had their own taste, but they're all lagers. And uh, even Kingfisher, for that matter, India, we had Neighbors 5000 that was doing very well. Even that was a lager. There are different styles of lagers, different quality of lagers, but they were all, at the end of the day, a lager. And we realized that, you know, there were times where we wanted to make sure that we were able to give the world. And India was a country that was 100% consuming lager. Yes, absolutely. In my college days, we had no no craft beer. Exactly. So even in, maybe in a couple of microbreweries in Bangalore, you had some options available. But that was like the end. So we realized that there's a huge potential here. India is a very large market and it's growing very fast. And the people's aspirations are growing very fast. People are not, people are now exposed to far more because they're not just exposed to the options available in the market they're also exposed to the, all the options that they see online people's aspirations will change and i think that kind of really helped us pick our niche we built two products to begin with simba wit and simba stout and these two products really took off for us and how are these wit and stout uh, different like you use a different kind of yeast that's how they're different right? no so this is completely different right so basically in wheat we're using a french malt that comes we're using malted wheat apart from just barley and rice. We also use wheat. And uh, then we add orange peel and coriander seeds to the brewing process. And that's where you know, things are different because in a lager or a brewery that is only set up for lager, you can only add the raw material once. In a craft brewery, you can actually infuse raw materials at every stage of the beer and have the capability to take them out as well. And, and the yeast also. So there are different types of yeast. So one type of yeast actually settles down. So most of the yeast actually settles down. But in some craft beers, the yeast end up settling upwards. The fungus kind of goes up. So, you know, you should have the capability to withdraw those particles from the beer prior to production. And that is what we did in the technical part of the brewery. So, wit, you said, has wheat in it uh, and that probably gives it a different color and taste and all that. And what about stout? Yeah, yeah. it's cloudy. It's cloudy. It's not clear. And it has that orangish flavor also. It has so it's something like a whole garden's wit. And then there is the stout that we built that has, we use, it's a dark beer. 
right? So it's uh, almost uh, black in color. We use chocolate malt, coffee malt. Again, very expensive, very high quality. Something like Guinness, if you have to compare it to a global brand. So these options are not available to the Indian audiences and definitely not available at a price point that they would be able to afford it or at least go at scale. So we did that. And then we're from Chhattisgarh and nobody expects a beer coming out of Chhattisgarh. We are that remote part of the country where we will only ex don't expect world-class product or brands to come out. And we took cognizance of that. While we really did not like the fact, but our feelings did not really matter to the customer. So we actually went ahead and launched our beers from Goa. And the entire branding was positioned as if the brand is from Goa. And that is one destination in India that's known to be counterculture, anti-establishment in all its ways and senses. And we were a huge hit there. We were, we got the perfect start. We launched the beers there. It was a rage everywhere. People were going gaga. And the best part is people from Delhi, Bombay, Bangalore, everybody come there for partying. And uh, and they realized that this is amazing brand that's come up. And we started getting demand from everywhere in the country. And So one question here. You had a license for Chhattisgarh. So now do you need to get state-by-state state license for distribution? Distribution license would be different. Yeah, so you have to register. So building a brewery is a far more difficult business than selling it. So you uh, selling it is still much more easier because you can register your product. It takes some time. It's a bureaucratic time point. From a time point of view, it's a little hassle. But it's not really very difficult to do it. It's very common. And why did you, I want to understand the branding approach, like calling it Simba and then you have that very unique, I think it's a monkey, right, on the logo? It's a lion mascot, lion man. It's a lion. So how did you do the branding of it? Actually, what we did was, the name actually was very cool because it was something that my uncle gave me. And we realized that is one name that it's very easy to pronounce for somebody who's living in a metropolitan to somebody who's living in a village. And eventually we wanted to build a brand that... Easy to use, huh? But it was not looked down upon. Like many simple words are also very... They're not very high-end in that sense, in people's minds. We didn't want people to have preconceived notions of a name. And this was one name that we felt that did not have any preconceived notions with. If anything, they had it with like Simba, the lion and the jungle and, and which kind of helped. So we could actually turn things. And for a lot of people, for the large part of the audiences, we could actually build the narrative around the name. And, and that really helped. So now we are selling in across the country and nowhere. Like it's the easiest thing that people remember, the name wise. Easiest. And everybody I speak to has heard of it. And it's just a lovely feeling that way. And we actually were very clear from day one that we are not in it for the short game. We want to build a long-term brand and we want to build it rightly. Luckily, we had these, we had this Abbiller contract manufacturing that was going on, which was able, we were able to pay off the brewery's dues with it and still had 10-20% capacity spare left to us for to experiment and things like that. And I think that really became a game changer for us. And we started building the brand. Today, we are in a position where our brew, in fact, we now contract manufacturing in five other plants across the country. Yeah. And uh, obviously consume our entire capacity. Yeah, so when, which year was Goa launch? It was in 2016. Sorry, 17. 2017. Okay. So how do you track sales number? Is it like liters sold, bottles sold? What is it? Like cases? What's the metric? Cases is mostly. Cases is the metric. Okay. So what was your sales in like cases sold in 2017? And what do you expect this year? What will you close at? Like just to understand the growth of it. Yeah. So the first year we, I think, sold only 1 lakh cases. Next year that you're planning, we're closing with about 4 million cases. Wow. Okay. So next year means 31st March. 
2023? This year would be about 22, 22, 23 lakhs. But this is also largely because of the second wave hitting during middle season. And April to June is like, so in fact, our business has been hampered with two times there have been COVID waves and they've both been during the summer season. They have really taken a toll on the beer industry. Okay. And so when you say a double digit share in in your top states, that share, what is the base here? Is it all beer or is it craft beer? No, no, all beer. Craft beer on its own is, has no category. So I'll have almost 80% share in most states than wherever uh, where we are. But we're talking about the whole beer category. Even were desperately waiting for a premium option, right? So people were anyways premiumizing from in whiskey, you know, people who were drinking Backpiper have gone on to McDowell's number one, McDowell's guys has gone to Royal Challenge, guys has gone to something and then 100 Piper blenders fried. There's that journey that has been charted out. That's really not happened with beer. So it's either the base ones and or some international ones and that's it. There's no room for experimentation there. And we realize that there's a category right in between them where people want a better product. They're happy to pay a premium. They're definitely not ready to pay a multiple, but they're happy to pay a good premium for your beer. For a good quality product and that's what we realized uh, that was a sweet spot and we managed to do, do exactly that and build a good business out of it if you like to hear stories of founders then we have tons of great stories from entrepreneurs who have built billion dollar businesses just search for the founder thesis podcast on any audio streaming app like spotify ghana apple podcasts and subscribe to the show Got it, got it. And how does uh, your number stack up with uh, others? Like like you're saying, uh, 4 million cases next year, 2.5 million cases this year. What would we say uh, as a number for Bira or like just to understand the market size? So I think Bira would be at about 6 million or so. 6 to 7, I, I guess. And all the others have actually exited the market. Most of the craft beers actually could not survive, I think. Due to COVID and yeah, yeah. And obviously game feature is huge. They're at maybe eighty million or something. <laughs> okay. Uh, obviously they're mass market and they have like a whole range. So yeah, got it. Okay. And beer, I'm guessing, is like a distribution led business, right? If you figure out distribution then but distribution say like is that right? distribution So there's some is one of those things that's important. But that you cannot do without, but it doesn't mean that you can have anything and push through the troops. Which that's also true to some extent, to be honest, but it won't, not, it won't last. So if you're going to build a lasting company, you have to get the distribution and you have to get the product right. Okay. And does beer distribution work different from, say, FMCG distribution, where you have distributor, wholesaler, retailers? Is it the same here? Wholesaler, like distributor, wholesaler, retailer? Then what, how does it work? Every state has its own laws. So in most states today, the government is a single distributor. Okay. So you sell to government and then the retailers buy from government. Retailers buy government. Yeah, because that's primarily because they want to make sure they want to secure their duty. That people are paying their duty while supplying and then the retailers are paying their duty while picking up the product. So there's no duty by product. Which actually works out also because in a lot of cases what happens is the retailers don't end up paying. But if you're buying through the government, then you have to pay. So there's that discipline also built in, which is great for a small brand because larger brands can take out money, but smaller brands, it's very difficult. 
because otherwise these retailers might take you for a ride. This was the first part of Akshay's conversation with Praptej. Just search for the Founder Thesis podcast on any audio streaming app like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. for part two, in which they explore his journey as a fintech founder. If you like the Founder Thesis podcast, then do check out our other shows on subjects like marketing, technology, career advice, books, and drama. Visit thepodium.in, that is, T-H-E-P-O-D-I-U-N dot I-N for a complete list of all our shows.